And welcome to the Inside Texas Football YouTube channel powered by InsideTexas.com. I'm your host, Justin Wells. With me, as always, my co-pilot, Eric Nalin. This is Inside the Program, where we always talk about team information, the latest from inside the program at, at the University of Texas on, on the 40 acres. Uh, be sure and check us out and like and subscribe to the Inside Texas Football YouTube channel. We are growing quick. Let's get to 7,000. Help us out. Eric, let's get started. Let's get right to it. We had a ton of team info posted yesterday at Inside texas.com it's a great time come hang out with us we went through a lot of positions and we don't want to give anything away but let's let's go through some of those positions because we've got some real feedback on what these horns are looking like early in 2024 i'm gonna start with wide receiver this room had the biggest makeover or virtually the biggest of, mm -hmm. of all the positions yep. a lot of new faces some young guys making some some waves talk to me about what you're hearing from the wide receiver room as well yeah, well, I mean, the big one that we hear about weekly is how fast Ryan Wingo is. And that's, you know, that's a that's a reoccurring theme with the big kid from uh, St. Louis. You know, he's up in the 22 mile per hour club. Uh, if you're running in the 22s, you can flat out run. There's no no bones about it. Um, you know, even 21.5 is considered fast. So once you're up in 2022, you're, you're starting to uh, encroach on that elite speed. Uh, he's right there with Isaiah Bond. And, you know, Wingo's not even considered one of the four, one of the three fastest. It's, it's Bond, who we also uh, heard about. It's Bond, uh, Ryan Niblett, and DeAndre Moore are vying for the fastest Longhorn wide receiver. So needless to say, despite the losses of Xavier Worley and Jordan Whittington, there's still plenty of speed uh, at the position. But Wingo is one we keep hearing about. The staff is high on him at, at minimum of being a vertical threat. Uh, but, you know, given his agility and change of direction, there's some feeling he can be become more than that. Bond is another one we hear about. Uh, Jonte Cook, we, we keep hearing about working hard. We know he's a good route runner. We know he's got good hands. Um, we know he can be, uh, you know, play inside or outside. Uh, his problem is he's going to have to compete versus Silas Bolin. And then another one that might surprise some people, though it didn't really surprise uh, me or you, uh, is Parker Livingstone looking really fast. Uh, source put it that he's as fast as Adonai Mitchell, uh, maybe faster. Uh, and that's after being on campus for just uh, two, what, a month and a half? Uh, and, you know, the funny thing about Livingstone was, was not brought up initially for his speed. He was brought up for uh, when I asked the source about who's packing on good weight. So not only is he getting bigger, but he's getting faster. And, you know, for someone that ran 21.69 as a sophomore, I'm not surprised he can run. But hearing that he's already about as fast as Adonai Mitchell, uh, not that he moves like Adonai. Adonai can cut on a dime, and he's, you know, he's super flexible. Uh, but, but you know, running a straight line is a big part of playing that X wide receiver. Uh, Parker's got size and speed. So wide receiver, yeah, it's, it's all pretty good. It, it's good news across the board. It's definitely good news at wide receiver. It's probably the best news for Quinn Ewers and Arch Manning. Those, those are the two guys that are going to benefit the most. Just to da just double down a little bit, Ryan Wingo is up to 210 pounds right now. Yeah, and the fact true. that he's running at that rate is is impressive. And yeah. the fact that we didn't mention Matthew Golden, who is also one of your faster guys in the program, that just shows you Sark put an emphasis on speed. Chris Jackson yeah. loves those speedy guys, and that's what they did to that wide receiver room. They retooled it, and they brought in just – God-given natural speed. You know what's uh, interesting about Golden is uh, he was—he's been mentioned a bunch of times for how business-like he is. You know, very serious guy, kind of quiet, uh, but very hard worker, and that's what you want to hear because we know the talents there. You just turn on the tape, watch a couple highlights. He's—he's he's ridiculously talented. He might be—he might be more talented than Bond overall. Uh, we'll, we'll have to see how it plays out this season. But yeah, you keep hearing hearing the good things about all those guys. They've got—they got a much deeper pool uh, than this past season for sure. They might not be as quite as as great at the top. You know, I, I don't know where they might go. Top forty-five picks, and I think Adonai's got a chance to sneak in the second round or in the first round. Uh, but it's a deeper group than it was uh, this past season. Yeah, and, and that's going to be the biggest thing for wide receiver. When they see two guys drafted, just like in all these other positions, that's going to give recruiting a boost. 
just like the offensive line. We're going to ship to those guys, the O-line talent. Look, you know, Texas has been building big human factory for the last three years. Kyle Flood's got a type. We figured that out. And when Christian Jones, who is probably going to go in day two now after a really impressive senior bowl, I'm I'm curious to see how he handles the combine. But Mm -hmm. Christian Jones really made a good mark. Everyone else is back, Eric. Everyone else is back, and they're doing not so much some shuffling, but they're trying to figure out who's going to be reliable going into spring ball. What's the latest that you've heard? Well, I heard exactly what I wanted to hear. The first person out of the the, uh, source's mouth was Kelvin Banks. Um, You know, Kelvin's always done things the right way, but he's never really been an outgoing leader. It's always, you know, he'll follow the right leaders or he'll he'll set the pace for other people to follow him, lead by example, that sort of guy. Uh, But now he's charging. He's getting after it. He's he's winning a lot of uh, uh, the current drills. You know, he's 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 setting the pace rather than following the pace. Uh, And he's becoming a little bit more vocal. Uh, but, you know, Banks is obviously expecting to leave after this year. He's, you know, if he puts in the work, he should he should be, a, you know, maybe even a top 15, top 10 draft pick. Um, always been a great kid, uh, but now he's becoming more of a leader, which tells me that he's uh, he's starting to physically mature, mentally mature, uh, getting ready to take the next step. Another one that was brought up and brought up every week. We love these guys that are brought up every week because that's when, you, you know, these reoccurring themes end up playing out on the field. Uh, we heard about Byron Murphy the first couple practices being great. We heard about Xavier Werther being awesome. Uh, and we're hearing the same about Brandon Baker, you know, just a very mature guy. Um, he clearly just gets it. He gets uh, being an adult. He gets uh, being a college athlete, uh, works very hard, just very, very mature. And so when you have that maturity that Kelvin Banks had and then these physical, these insane physical athletic gifts and good size, Baker, unless he gets hurt, is can't miss. The guy's going to the NFL. He just needs a little time under tension in the strength and conditioning program. But he's off to a fa- fantastic start. DJ Campbell, is uh, it's always a little up and down when we ask about DJ. Um, obviously, he's got all the talent in the world. Talent to be a three-year player. Um, you know, they're hoping that he uh, kind of uh, just, you know, follows Kelvin a little bit more. Just keep doing what Kelvin does and, and you know, draft off of Kelvin and he'll get you to the promised land. Uh, but they, they, but people do think that Campbell is making strides. They do think he's improving. They think he's got a chance to have a pretty dang good season. Uh, now, if it's the type of season that warrants uh, going early, does he make a, a big jump like Byron Murphy did? I'm not sure. Uh, but he's trending in the right direction. But I'm, I'm, st- I'm still in wait-and-see mode to see what he does in spring ball. Yeah, and, and with DJ, remember with DJ, he's the smallest of this core. Of this shortest, group. shortest. Shortest. Shortest, shortest. Yeah, he if you, might be six, two and a half, Eric. Yeah, but if you measured him like a, like a refrigerator, uh, you know, like, what is it, cubic inches? He's got a lot of cubic inches because he's got that width. So Byron Murphy's not tall, but he's not small either. If, if you think he's small, you tell him. I'm not going to tell him. Um, no. DJ's got some size and athleticism, but yeah, he never really had that great height. His arm length is, is just average for guard. It's it's not you know, He's not going to get drafted on that. What he's going to get drafted on is his ability to move his weight around, uh, gets his placement in the run game and and very good quickness if uh, if he's uh, tied in right on the in the pass drop, uh, but yeah he, you know he's still got a lot of work to do he's got to become more consistent. His disposition to me is his top quality. He has the mindset of just a boxer. He just wants to fist fight, yep. and and that's what those old linemen want. And also with, with Cam Williams, I think they want him to go in and take that right tackle spot. But they also know that he needs to lose a little bit of weight. He needs to get in a little bit better shape. I think that's. Very possible. And also with Campbell, he's looking at potentially being, like you said, a three and done guy. If he has a big year, you know, if he wants to follow Banks during during winter conditioning, he he could follow him to the NFL draft next April with with, with a good spring. And then also, you know, don't forget, we got Cole Hudson and Hayden Connor and Jake Majors. There's just a lot of veteran guys returning as they head into the SEC. And that's another great thing for what we said for Quinn Ewers. Williams is going to be Williams is going to be one to watch because, you know, if he dropped 20 pounds, it's going to make him a lot quicker. And when you weigh as much as he does, 
dropping 20 pounds is pretty dang easy to do. Uh, you know, you just change up your diet a little bit, go a little harder in your workouts. You're going to just, just by moving so much, it's going to burn a ton of calories every day, uh, just by being so big and, and going through these workouts. So, uh, a little bit of hard work, a little bit of focus, like we're seeing from Tavondre sweat, uh, in this pre combine workouts, a little bit of that would go a long way with Cam winning that job. Absolutely. And, and the O-line is going to be, I feel like, an, a, another strength when they enter into the SEC. Let's pay our bills. Our man, Andre the Lawyer. Guys, if you're injured, you've got to call Andre the Lawyer, 214-444-8808. He's located in Dallas, and this man helps everyone, including Longhorns, car wrecks, slip and falls, 18-wheeler accidents, on-the-job injuries, wrongful deaths. Andre is a proud Inside Texas reader, and he is a proud helper of guys that need his help. Give Andre a chance and give him a call at 214-444-8808. That's Andre the Lawyer at 244-8808. Give him a call if you need him. All right, we're going to shift over to the defensive side of the ball. And there's a, there's a few more changes on this defensive line. They're going to miss about 1,000, almost 800 pounds of, 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 of football players, in a sense, with Devondre Sweat and Byron Murphy. But they got some guys – they got some veterans behind him and Alfred Collins and Vernon Broughton, and they got some new guys that are trying to, to make their way to Deer Mitchell and, and those types. What's the latest you're hearing on the D-line? Yeah, the first person mentioned was Trey Moore, uh, starting with the outside, just for his uh, his quickness. Now, they're not going through football drills. I mean, they are doing football drills, but not going against, you know, obviously they're not in full pads, and these guys aren't working. The D-line is not working against the O-line. They're working against each other in individual drills. Uh, but Trey Moore is turning heads with his quickness. Uh, his, his, his first 10, 10 uh, yards is incredible, is what the source said. Uh, so that's going to translate to getting off the ball on the snap uh, and getting into the backfield, hopefully. But another guy, you've heard it, I've heard it, business-like, uh, chip on his shoulder, works very hard. Um, I'm interested to see uh, how he does when he's going up against these 6'5 offensive tackles that, that have good feet. They're going to have better feet. than uh, He's gone up against some big guys at UTSA. But they don't have the this, this sort of athleticism that these Texas guys have. So I'm, be, I'm going to be curious. But everything's very positive on Trey Moore from, from the way he works and the way he can get off the ball. Uh, the smaller you are, the faster you got to be off the ball. And, uh, you know, he's got some good quicks. Um, Jare Bledsoe was also mentioned. He's always mentioned that as far as the physical uh, and athletic side goes, this is his time to shine. He is, a, he is just a different, different dude. You can watch him warm up and be amazed at somebody that big being able to move that way. Um, and, you know, he's, he's poised for a big year. I get asked all the time what he's weighing. Right now here he's about 280. Uh, the goal is 290. Uh, I could see him, you know, kind of splitting the difference there, 285 in September. He'll get up to 290 this offseason, but, you know, running around in August is going gonna, is gonna to rip it right off of you again. Uh, it's yeah. just hard to keep your weight up. But he's so physical. Uh, as the source said, he doesn't care if a 330-pound guard is, is pulling on him. He's going to run right into him. Uh, just, you know, plays with reckless abandon, very physical for his size, not too worried about his size. Uh, you know, if he doesn't carry 300 pounds, it won't be the end of the world because of how physical he plays. Uh, Sadir Mitchell was mentioned. Uh, that's a good sign. Uh, you know, Sadir's, uh, everybody wants him to be Byron Murphy and ready to play a lot earlier. He's, he's more along the lines of, I think, Devondre Sweat, just that similar sort of uh, body type. It takes, it takes a while to, to get developed in the right way, but he's definitely training in the right direction. They feel like he can be counted on for snaps this year. Don't I'm not expecting him to break out, but I am expecting him to, to be a contributor. Right now he's slimming up uh, and making sure he can help the team in the fourth quarter. That's a big one for him. And then Colin asked about Colin, given the fact that he's put on the 20 pounds that his mom alluded to on Twitter. Um, and, yeah, he's definitely he's definitely big. But, he, you know, what's interesting is that, you know, my source said he thought Trey Moore was a little quicker than Colin. Uh, so that's a good sign for, for, for Trey. But I think Colin is probably adapting to that that new weight. Anybody that's put on a little bit of weight uh, in a quick in a, in a quick amount of time, 
Uh, your body's got to adapt to that. And I don't think Colin's quite adapted, but he, he's going to be perfectly fine. No concerns on Colin. Yeah, I, I think you said it with Sadir. You know, does he need to break out this spring? Not necessarily. Next spring would be the would be the time that we really need to see him ascend because that's when you're going to lose Broad, you're going to lose Collins. You'll take some hits, some bigger hits on that D line. But the fact that he's being mentioned already, I think, is huge. Yep, and the fact absolutely. that Trey Moore, you know, Sark was so good with these portal takes. He knew, especially with Savea, that's a guy that that's going to, you know, you you hope that Sadir watches Savea, watches his work ethic, and watches, right. and then he sees what Sweat did last off season to get trimmed down. And so I think the D line looks fantastic. We're going to shift back the next level to the linebacker core. And, and this is one, you know, you, you lose a Jalen Ford, a, a three-year starter, All-American, uh, probably going in the first two or three rounds of, of the draft this, this April. But he's being – there's you got some really – you got some veterans, and then you got some young guys that are trying to make waves. They're trying to kind of get into that t- conversation. It begins and ends with Anthony Hill, Eric. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's got a chance to be one of the, you know, five best players on the team this season. Uh, that might even be selling him a little short. Yeah, he's doing all the right things. Uh, you know, everybody expects him to be at Mike Linebacker. It's going to be a platoon of him and uh, Leonga LaFau. Uh, you know, not much more to say about Anthony. We'll need to see how he, how he reacts to uh, pass coverage. Uh, once he's playing the mic, he's going to have to cover a lot more space than what he did uh, last year. He played in a, in a phone booth a little bit more last year than he's going to this season. Uh, so we'll see how he adapts. Obviously, he has all the athleticism to do whatever they ask of him. Uh, Leonga LaFau is an interesting one. He's taken to Johnny Nansen pretty well, and that's important because – he had such a close relationship with Jeff Choate uh, to the point we actually heard some murmurs about him maybe uh, wanting to follow uh, Choate. You know, we, we didn't think it was going to happen, but the fact that it was even brought up tells you how close he and he and the former linebacker coach were. And, you know, th- uh, that kid coming from Hawaii, he, he definitely got a little homesick uh, when he first got to Texas. We were watching that. But I think his relationship with Choate really uh, got him to got him through the, the doldrums and into football. And once he got immersed in football, it, it went well. So but but he and Choate became really close. Nansen having, having a, a similar background to him, I think, helps quite a bit. Um, and, you know, we're expecting big things out of him. He's, he's working on getting stronger. Uh, I'm not worried about his size. He's a, he's a densely built guy. Uh, he's physical. He's fast. He's probably got the best traits of any linebacker on the roster in coverage. So that would be interesting to see him and him and Anthony will probably be your mics. And then I also heard about Benda and Blackwell. Didn't hear much about Blackshear. Um, you know, I think he's trying to play catch up on learning all the terminology and all these all these new drills and everything. Uh, he's just playing catch up with those guys, but obviously Ben is becoming, you know, a leader in that room. That's, that's really why they wanted him back. Obviously he's a quality player, but they wanted him back to set the pace in the, in the weight room and out on the field. And, uh, Maurice Blackwell, everybody loves Maurice, very physical, very focused, uh, energetic guy, uh, you know, has fun in the weight room, has fun on the field. People like being around him. Uh, they're in a good shape at linebacker, a lot of competition there. I like Benda and Blackwell because in one they're similar in that they have the respect of the locker room and they've got some skins on the wall and they've got some reps in other in the other sense they could not be more different. Yeah. Two different body types, yeah. two different styles, two different ways. Two and I think sometimes and sometimes to me that that that, that lends to a better uh, more versatile linebacking core. So all right, we're going to we're going to slide back into the secondary, which I yeah. every time we talk to people, this this group just looks and sounds better and better. And and I don't know if it's because Jade Barron's coming back. I don't know if it's because Andrew Makuba has 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 moved in seamlessly, it sounds like, in, in Austin, his 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 former home. And then you, you you hear about some of the corner potential corner moves and, and you hear about some other guys. What's the latest from guys in the secondary? Because I keep I keep hearing so much positive coming from that back end. Yeah, I mean we've already talked about a million guys. So we, we were talking to sources about a lot of guys. We didn't go down down everybody on the roster, but a lot of them. And one of the very first players named uh, caught me off guard was Jalen Gilbo. Um, yeah. Just you know working hard, uh, showing consistent effort. 
uh, doing all the little things the right way. And, and you know, all this work is, is leading towards him, you know, the getting faster and, and from, from the appearance getting better. Um, so I don't know. That's that, well, to me, that caught me by surprise a little bit, but I think that probably has something to do with Jade Barron playing corner more. Obviously that was part of the appeal to J- uh, Barron returning. And if Barron's playing corner, that opens the that opens the the, the, the opportunity for uh, for Gilbo to play a lot more stars. So maybe that that has some aspect of it. It's part of human nature, right? If you know that you're about to get thrown to the wolves, you're going to respond a little bit different. So um, you know, I like what I heard there. Uh, another DB we heard about. Well, Makuba. I asked about Makuba just to see you know the latest there. Uh, just an effortless mover out there in the secondary. Hard worker. He's he's uh, probably a little more quiet than I uh, would have anticipated, uh, just because he knows a lot of the guys on the team uh, previously from being in Austin and, and sort of around town a lot. Um, but he's just uh, he's just learning the t- his teammates, keeping his head down, doesn't say a lot. I, and I think when you when you're new into a program, that's the way way you got to be, even if you've got skins on the wall coming from Clemson. Uh, Kobe Black was mentioned. Uh, Kobe's done a very smart thing. Kobe is is kind of latching on to. Uh, to, to Manny Muhammad, you know, kind of uh, mimicking uh, Muhammad's uh, approach. And that's a, that's a good thing. A lot of players would benefit from that. You know, Muhammad's got a, a professionalized approach to, to the game. Uh, they gave him a – really gave him a good chance to, to play so early. Uh, Kobe's big, physical, uh, really no no concerns so far, at least based on, uh, you know, the way they're moving around out in, in agility drills and, and that sort of thing, That whether right. or not he can stay at corner. Uh, so, you know, that's all, it's all good. Obviously, he's got the big physical traits. Wardell Mack was mentioned. Uh, still skinny, but, man, the guy's a, a grinder, a worker, another hard worker. This is where, you know, we just talk about the, the mental evaluation being so so important. You know, we know these guys as high-ranking high four stars, five stars, but then to hear that they're coming in and working like this just gives you a lot more optimism going forward because a lot of times those stars are can be inflated based on on the mental eval. But, you know, you're hearing the, good, the right things about Wardell and Kobe right out of the gates. And then Warren Roberson, um, yeah, he's maybe the most athletic DB on the team. Uh, yeah, and he's a dog. Uh, he's a dog. So, you know, he, he's playing corner. Uh, he's got a chance to play a lot this season. It's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Uh, you know, I'm hearing some of the things I've got a little pause because I'm reminded of Keaton Crawford a bit when you hear about how, how he's wired and how athletic he is. Yeah. Um, but if he can remain at corner. He's got all the athleticism in the world. One of the one of the most athletic guys on the team. Yeah, Roberson always had that dog, and I'll never forget watching him match up against uh, Micah Hudson two years ago in Lake Belton, Red Oak, and, and and both got each other. You know, Hudson yeah. got got a few, but Roberson got his few, and it was just great. It was that competition really came out, and you saw that dog. I mean, he he was a monster yeah. with Wardell Mack. Bless his heart, the guy's got the metabolism of a cheetah. And so yeah. he's just going to have to keep working. And, that's and, fine. And, that, that'll help him stay at corner. You know, that, that's good. Oh, yeah. You need corners. You need corners. If if you get too built, uh, built up, it's going to be hard to stay out that on that island. So I, I, I was perfectly fine hearing that he's skinny. Absolutely. Absolutely. Eric, we have nailed this entire team thing in, in, in record time. But that's what we do at Inside the Program. That's what we do at Inside Texas and InsideTexas.com. Come hang out with us. Please like and subscribe to the Inside Texas Football YouTube channel. Come see us at InsideTexas.com. We're having a special right now. It's a dollar for a month. And I say it all the time. I'm going to say it even more. It really is the best time from spring visits. we got updates coming up constantly from team news. From, from basketball seasons, getting into that that uh, that, that March Madness uh, time of the year. And then baseball's kicked off pretty nicely. And so there's always something for you at InsideTexas.com. Eric, I sure do appreciate it. Always enjoy these Friday mornings inside the program. And please stay tuned to Inside Texas Football, brought to you by the Inside Texas YouTube channel.